Welcome to the Stereoactive Movie Club. My name is Jeremiah, and I'm here with Alicia, me, and Steven. In this episode, we're picking the next round of movies we'll be discussing on the podcast, and we're very happy to welcome a special guest who's going to be with us through all of round six, our friend Michelle. Thanks for joining us, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Um, And so, before we get into our picks, let's hear from everyone about one movie they've watched recently that they want to talk about here. And Michelle, just so people can kind of hear your voice a little more, get to know you. You, you want to start us off and tell us something uh, that you've watched recently that you want to talk about? Leading up to the Oscars, um, I watched Elvis by Baz Luhrmann, who has been a filmmaker who I actually have not been very fond of. Um, but I was actually a little surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I felt like his visual style um, really suited Elvis and his story and especially when they when he when they go to Vegas and um, I really enjoyed most of the performances except for Tom Hanks and um, I was I was really swept um, up by the visuals and the music I thought it was really entertaining so made me think that maybe I should go back and (laughs) rewatch Moulin Rouge and Romeo and Juliet and the ones that I kind of had an aversion to in the past so yeah. <laughs> there you go. Steven, how about you? I saw that movie called Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Um, it was made in 1988 and it was directed by Pedro Almodovar. I'm sure I butchered that name, but um, it was really amazing. Um, I saw it at this theater called, uh, what was it? The Metro- Metrograph. I don't oh, know yeah. if anybody's ever been there before. Um, I'd never been there, which is kind of a surprise because it's been around for a while, but um, they, they play older movies, um, but it was it was amazing. I really enjoyed it. I've only seen Volver before. That's the only other Almodovar movie that I've seen. But um, the crowd is really into it. It was just kind of a fun movie to to see. Um, very colorful. It holds up really well, too, considering it was made in 1988. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked his Pain and Glory, I think it was called, that came out in 2019 with uh, Antonio Banderas. I think he should have won an Oscar for that movie. Uh, Banderas for Best Actor. And I think he has a new movie coming out this year, Aldemovar. Mia, what about you? Jeremiah and I both had COVID recently, so I spent Mm. a lot of time in bed watching bad movies. And I watched half of two movies. I watched the first half of First Wives Club and then the first half of Eat, Pray, Love. I I was like in a really (laughs) weird place. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen them before? I've I'd seen. Be worried? Eat- I don't know. What the- <laughs> I've seen Eat, Pray, Love before, and I'd read the book, and I like watched Eat, Pray, Love like with my mom. It was like that kind of thing. And then I'd read First Wives Club when I was like in middle school, and like got some of it, but like I think obviously a lot of it went like way over my head. So I've always kind of wanted to watch the movie. It was so bad. I was like, why are they doing this to Diane Keaton, <laughs> an American icon, Bette Midler? <laughs> like, I just like couldn't get out. I couldn't finish it. I was literally like, why are they treating these women like this? This is so offensive. Like Goldie Hawn, like again, like queens of cinema, just like disrespect. And then Eat, Pray, Love, I was just like, this is so fucking bad. And especially I was then really angry because I read the Wikipedia. And it's the last thing I'll say that – she got her book deal before she went on this trip. She got paid $200,000 before she went on this trip. I always thought she just like went off, you know, like that's definitely the impression you're given. Mm-hmm. No, she had $200,000 in her pocket when she was like slumming it. So anyways, wow. it's all bullshit. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah. Alicia, what have you watched recently? To bring everything, everybody down a note, I watched uh, Women Talking this morning, <laughs> which was very good, but very um, serious uh, about uh, this like Mennonite community where the women have been um, being sexually assaulted by a group of the men and um, they figure out which ones are doing it. And then the men basically give the women two days to decide what they want to do about it. Like to basically they're given two days to forgive the men. And uh, it's just like their conversations about how, what, what collective action they want to take. And uh, it's very good. I really like Sarah Polly. I've been watching her career since she was very young and she was on Avonlea. Yeah. I remember her from that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very proud. She of was her. also Ramona in the Ramona TV show that they had on PBS. Oh, no, really? I don't think I ever saw that. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was big into those books, so I remember. Do you remember Go? Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I totally forgot she was totally. the protagonist in yeah, that. Yeah, she is. She's so yeah. great. And and she's in the uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, which I really love. Actually, that's the only Zack Snyder movie I really like, but mm. she's great in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's, she's really good. She's really smart and talented, and yeah. Uh, well, I recently watched Babylon, um, which is three hours, um, and was you know, earlier in the year, one of those movies that was in the conversation of like for end of year awards and stuff, and then kind of fell off as it came out and reviews were kind of mixed on it. Some people are like real acolytes of the movie, I guess. And some people think it's an affront to cinema or something. Um, I I don't know. I, I, I thought it was somewhere in the middle. I thought it was interesting not totally successful on what it was maybe trying to do, but I think part of it is also I'm not quite sure what it was maybe trying to do. It does have a lot in common in certain ways with Singing in the Rain because it's about like the transition from silent films to sound and how that impacted actors and people around Hollywood. But it also is like, it's kind of the grim and gritty reboot of Singing in the Rain, which I don't know if that's necessary, but um, it's like one of those movies where like so many of the various parts of the movie are interesting and nothing's wrong with it, but it doesn't really add up to anything that I'm like totally sold on. I don't know how to describe it, but it's worth a watch just if, if you're curious. I think Damien Chazelle is a pretty good director. I I think he wrote this too, and I think maybe he's one of those guys who, who maybe you don't have to be the complete auteur. Maybe you can... <laughs> Work from somebody else's script and have a collaborator or something. I, I'm not sure I'm sold on his writing. Anyway, now uh, let's move on to talking about round five a little bit. Um, and the way we're going to do that is um, we're going to ask the question, if you were submitting a ballot for the Sight and Sound poll, but could only include one movie from round five, the round we just finished, which would it be? Steven, why don't we start with you? I think that if we could keep one, it would be Apocalypse Now, just because I I just feel like it's one of those movies you can watch and get something out of it every single time. And and you can talk about it ad nauseum, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I just feel like just in terms of the filmmaking itself, it's just incredibly strong. And even if you didn't like it, I feel like it does sit with you. So um, I feel like all the movies on those poll lists should actually make you think about it, even if you liked it or not. So I would keep that. Okay. Alicia, how about you? Yeah, I would probably also pick Apocalypse Now. Um, I thought like round five was a really good round, so I kind of had a hard time 
mm-hmm. deciding, but I think that the movie that I had like the <clears throat> the most intense reaction to was probably Apocalypse Now, and it explores a lot of interesting uh, ground. The only thing I the only thing that was like holding me back a little from choosing that was the fact that there's really not a lot of like female characters to dig into in that one. And um, so that bothered me a little bit, but just out of that pick, I think that was the one I would choose. Okay. Uh, Mia, what about you? Um, I'm going to go with Grapes of Wrath. It's just an incredible movie. I think all the acting is just, you know, bar none. And it's a timeless story. Okay. Well, I'm going to make it uh, three out of four so far and say Apocalypse Now. And yeah, it's for the, for a lot of the same reasons that, that y'all already laid out. And um, it's a movie that, that I always, it's always really big in my head. I always remember it being so good, but at the same time, sometimes so daunting, like the, the prospect of having to watch it again or, or whatever, like almost seems like a chore until you start watching it. And then it's just so, um, it, it just envelops you in a way that I always, like you said, Alicia, I think, or maybe you both said, um, I always get something different out of it. I always notice something new. And especially because there's like three fucking versions of the movie, <laughs> you can, you can have different experiences of the movie depending on what you watch. So I, I just think it's a, a really classic movie that deserves to be in there. But I, I do think, like Alicia said, um, we had a pretty good round other than that one movie. And I, I think uh, there's at least three of these movies, two or three of these movies that I think are worth considering for the top 10 movies of all time. Um, if I had to start winnowing it down, you know, like obviously I'm not sure they would all stay in there, but they're, they're worth being in the conversation. Um, and Michelle, I know that you weren't with us for round five, but I, I also know you've seen at least a couple of the movies. Do you want to say anything on this? <laughs> yes. Well, please don't hold this against me, but I still have not seen Apocalypse Now. I think it's <laughs> one of those, I've definitely, I, I really want to. I think it's, I've always thought I'm going to wait and, and catch it on the big screen, you know, mm-hmm. as my first time. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure it has played in, in New York City on the big screen, but mm-hmm. I just have missed it. But I think maybe I just need to to watch it on my measly TV <laughs> soon. But um, yeah. I've seen Boyhood and Raging Bull. And of those two, I would definitely say Raging Bull. I'm a big Scorsese fan. And, you know, I love the filmmaking, um, the performances, the editing. Um, and uh, so of those two, I would, I would <laughs> choose Raging Bull. Yeah. Yeah, I was with you, Michelle. I hadn't seen it because... Uh, other than with the podcast, because I wanted to see it on the big screen. There's certain movies that I haven't seen, like Schindler's List, I've never seen because I feel like I can't watch it on television. I need to watch mm. it in a venue that is for watching like a big movie like that. So I understand yeah. that. <laughs> How about we move on then to our round six picks? So yeah, this is what we're going to be watching for the next six episodes after this. Like last time, like I said, we're going to be watching six movies instead of what was our usual five and we'll get to that bonus pick after we've all made our main picks. This time, Mia gets to pick first. So, Mia, what are you picking, and why are you picking it? So, I'm going to pick Battleship Potampkin, 
which Alicia just made a really wide-eyed face. Um, I wanted to pick it because it is an older movie on the list, but is ranked pretty high based on our algorithm that we have for our list. And uh, I've heard Jeremiah and other people mention it. I feel like it's come up in conversations and stuff, but I've never seen it. And I just quickly looked up like a little bit of information about it. Um, I knew I was picking first, so I figure I don't need to go too hard and knowing about it or learning about too many other movies. And um, yeah, it just it sounds interesting. I'm not like a huge war movie person, so I'm curious to see if this is like a war movie, like most war movies that I don't like, or <laughs> if it's not. Um, yeah. Alicia? Oh, I was just going to ask, is it, uh, is it America? Who made that? Who, what country it's, is it? It's uh, made by Eisenstein from the Soviet Union. Okay, I thought so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. When I was, again, reading like the five-sentence Wikipedia description, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is like Russian stuff. So that all with, you know, the world and the news and all that. <laughs> Maybe there's something to glean for current affairs from this movie. Um, hmm. Interesting. So that'll be fun. Uh, so yeah, that's my pick. Battleship Potemkin. 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 Okay, yeah. It's yeah. Like, I feel like I'm inserting like an extra letter in here. Uh, yeah, you're you're doing fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, that movie is one of the like foundational movies of cinema. Like it so much is based off of that. So I think it's good that we're finally getting to it. I kind of wondered when we would. So uh, good pick. Great pick. Um, Steven, how about you? Well, actually it was funny because Mia, that was my pick. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to pick that movie because of those reasons, because it's ranked so high. And then also because, um, it's referenced a lot. Like whenever I read, when I read a lot of movie reviews of like submarine movies and stuff, they talk about Battleship Potemkin. So I was curious to see how it was. Um, but my pick actually is Modern Times, which was made in 1936 and it was written and directed by Charlie Chaplin. Um, I thought we would pick like a silent movie and I heard it's comedic. Um, so I think it would be kind of nice for us to watch something that's a little bit more lighthearted. The only thing I really knew about that movie, other than it was a Chaplin movie and it was in black and white is that I guess there's a famous scene of them working at a um, factory and there is like the gears are moving and like he's moving all through the gears. So I thought that was kind of fun. And I, I watched the trailer for it and it looked really interesting. So um, yeah, so that's why I decided to pick it. And it's a short, relatively short movie. So I feel like I can watch it twice without any problems. Wow. We're starting off with two silent films. Great. I mean, oh, I didn't I, even know Battleship Potemkin was silent. Yeah, they're both. I mean, they're both great movies. And uh, I, I, I also find it interesting that Steven is always the one who's like, let's lighten things up a little bit. I this know. Round. I think that too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steven. Yeah, it's appreciated. Um, Alicia, what's your pick? Um, okay, I just sort of last minute changed my pick because I was going to go with City Lights. And I don't think, I don't want to subject us to three silent films in a row. I think and two Chaplin. Too much. Yeah. yeah, and two Chaplin. So um, I'm going to go with Wild Strawberries instead, which is still black and white, but not silent. <laughs> and um, uh, I think it's 1957, Ingmar Bergman. Um, I've seen it before and I remembered enjoying it a lot. So, so yeah, let's, let's do that one. Okay. And um, so my pick is Beau Travel, 
by uh, Claire Denis from 1999. And uh, I guess it's based loosely on Billy Bud, which I've always been fascinated by that book from first reading it in freshman year of high school. And then we were, um, we just recently did like our 5,000th rewatch of The Sopranos in this household. And they talk about Billy Bud in that. And it's a kind of a funny joke where Carmela is incensed when I guess Meadow suggests that there's gay subtext to it. But anyway, um, I have a giant relative blind spot on Claire Denis movies. I think I've only seen one or two. And I know she's like one of those filmmakers that I like her attitude. I, I saw High Life at the New York Film Festival a few years back and she and Robert Pattinson were there and her attitude there and what I've read in some interviews here and there. She just seems like she's like, I don't give a shit what you think about anything. I'm doing what I want to do. And if you like it, fine. This is art. I don't care if you come and watch my movie, whatever. But then she has like Robert Pattinson in a movie. I don't know if it like upped her budget or anything, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure it didn't hurt. Um, so I, I, I just find it interesting, her her whole style. And I've been wanting to watch more of her movies anyway. So good excuse. Uh, Michelle, what is your pick? Well, Holland Drive. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, I went up and down the list and I, and I was thinking I would pick something that I needed to see that I hadn't seen, but you all took care of that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just thought, you know, to ease in, I'm new. I'm just going to talk about a movie that I love and I've seen before. And, and I would love to just be in that conversation with you guys about it because I think there's a lot to talk about. (laughs) So. Yeah, we have some challenging movies this time. Other like modern times uh, is going to be a a relief, but it's also got a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff about it that we could get into. Um, you know, but I was scared uh, to see Mulholland Drive actually. So you've not seen (laughs) it. No, I've never, yeah, I just, no, I haven't. So yeah, I was kind of intimidated. I think you'll like it. I bet we're going to be able to talk about that in the context of like we watched persona and I think we talked about in that episode, how there's some connections between those two films in some ways. So I think it'll be interesting because this will be my first time. And I guess Mia, maybe Alicia first time watching it since we had that discussion. So I don't know. That that could be fun. But um, so this time Alicia will be making a bonus pick like we did the last round. And the idea here is for her to pick a movie that's never been in the top 10 of the sight and sound poll or a runner up, uh, which she thinks deserves to be in the conversation as one of the top 10 greatest films of all time. So Alicia. I think you guys probably know I've mentioned Moonlight a few times and that is going to be my pick. It's Mm. uh, written and directed by Barry Jenkins and came out in 2016. And um, I really came close to actually changing it and going with Clueless instead. (laughs) But I figured, no, (laughs) let me play fair. (laughs) I wouldn't hate that. (laughs) But um, no, it's I chose because I just found it really moving at the time when I saw it. And I was like kind of going through like a health crisis. So I don't know if like that contributed to my feelings about it. But um, I remember really loving it. And uh, also it takes place in South Florida, which is where I grew up. So there's like an an added element of, I don't know if it's like nostalgia or what you want to call it that that I found when I watch it. Yeah, connection. And um, yeah, I just think it's a great story that anybody that has ever felt like an outsider or, you know, whatever could probably identify with. And 
also there's no like black filmmakers in the top 10. So let's, yeah. let's get that going. Yeah. Great. Um, that's an excellent pick. Um, so those are all of our six picks. We'll get started with Mia's pick on our next episode. And again, that is Battleship Potemkin by Sergei Eisenstein. And it's from 1925. Yeah, real okay. quick. It's available on Amazon, HBO, Apple TV, Voodoo, and maybe some other places. Great. But definitely those. Okay. So that is it for this episode of the Stereoactive Movie Club. And you can find more info about the show, including links to where it's available by going to stereoactivemedia.com slash stereoactivemovieclub. We also invite you to join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash stereoactivemovieclub. You can subscribe to the show just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have a moment, please do rate and review the show on Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that allows you to do that. It helps others to find the show, and we do really appreciate it. Feel free to email us at stereoactivemovieclub at gmail.com. Also, you can get updates about this show and plenty of other stuff by following Stereoactive Media on Instagram or Twitter. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced by Stereoactive Media. 